We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, everybody. It is the Field of 68 After Dark on this Sunday night, exactly three weeks away from the Field of 68 being named. Selection Sunday, it looms. Tonight, we begin on the story of the day in the sports world. On a serious note, Wisconsin hosting Michigan. On a broadcast television exposure on CBS, Wisconsin winning the game 77-63. to But on this night, we are not talking about basketball. We are talking about what happened after the game. Michigan men's basketball coach Jawan Howard taking a swipe at Wisconsin assistant Joe Krabenhoff's face in the postgame handshake line between the teams. This led to a brawl involving coaches and players from both sides. Wisconsin's Greg Gard stopped Howard in the handshake line, leading to the two men exchanging words before being surrounded by a few players and coaches. Howard has put his finger in Gard's face. He grabbed Gard's sweater before Krabenhoff came over in the middle of the scrum, and that was when Jawan Howard reached out and struck Krabenhoff's face. Players got into it. It led to extracurriculars, and that is what we lead off with here tonight. Sirius XM Channel 84. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, John Fanta. We have a great panel for you tonight. He played. He has coached. He's been around the game throughout his entire life. Randolph Childress is with us. We also welcome in Doug Gottlieb, who played the game, who's been around the game for his whole life and, and has given a, a ton to this game and this sport. He's with us, and we welcome in Rob Dowster as well. A terrific panel for this very serious topic, a loaded incident in a variety of capacities. Randolph, what is your reaction to what took place today with Juwan Howard? You know what, I... I... I'm a lot calmer now than I was earlier. My emotions was all over the place with this, as I'm sure everyone's, you, you know, you, you've watched, I watched it several times. I'm trying to get as much information as I could before I, I even attempted to speak on it. But the biggest thing that I, I, I come out of it with as I watch everyone's comment, commentary about it is it's not a black and white issue. It's a failure in leadership issue. And Coach Guard, you know, everyone has some some, you know, everyone has some 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 reasons for for or some cause in this. I'd say. I mean, it's just you don't grab a coach, you know, you, you don't put your hands on a coach for one. 
And I'm not saying Juwan is, is, you know, is a thousand percent wrong. I mean, he's wrong for, for swing. There's never a reason to hit someone. But having said that, when you watch the tape again, is he defending one of his players? And 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 one of his players is assistant coach is gra- is, is Crabenhall Hall grabbing one of his players and putting his hands on one of his players. It's just a complete and utter failure of leadership. And 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 I, you know, I, I don't. I'm, I'm just. I got so much on my mind to say, and I'm, I'm struggling even to get it out. Really, other than to say, I, uh, both sides from Wisconsin and Michigan, utter failure in leadership. And and there's going to be severe penalties that now the players are going to pay for for fighting and some of them feeling as though they're defending coaches and whatnot. I mean, there was so many stories and we'll get into it. I'll let you guys kind of comment and I'll come back to it. I I, I just, some, some parts of this, I'm just speechless. Doug. Um, I, I understand the idea. And ever, I, I got it. I think there's some context there uh, because Wisconsin was blowing them out. Michigan's pressing, trying to make it reasonable. And then he's got the walk-ons in. <clears throat> there is the, there's the aspect of Jawan didn't know the rule, I don't think, in terms of the reset of the 10 right. seconds to get across midcourt. You, you can, by the way, send an assistant down, okay, send an assistant down the court. When you call a timeout, hey, can you go and, and tell them why we're calling timeout? You can also call a timeout and sub or call a timeout and, hey, we don't want to – like he's like, I called timeout to drop him to tell him what to do. I don't think he needed all that. He just wanted the reset of it, get it in bounds, drop off the clock, and be done. So I, I do understand that he's just like, hey, 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 hey. I'm just look. Let me tell you why I called the timeout. Should have put his hands on Juwan. The the biggest issue with this is this is not an isolated incident with Juwan Howard. It's just not. There's there's a lot to unpack here, as I think Randolph's talking about. Right. Right. It's a lot to unpack. Um, in that, you know, he just had an incident where he was, you know, he got a T, he actually got two T's against Iowa. One was because he grabbed the ball and it was still in play. The other one, he was berating official. They had a, a bit of an incident at Rutgers earlier this year. Rutgers beats them. They were in handshake lines. There was some words exchanged. Michigan guys held back. He had the thing with Maryland going back to last year, which, you know, where he's threatening dudes and, threatening Mark Turgeon and hold me back and Turgeon is trying to get in his face. So this is not an isolated incident. All of that said, putting your hands on a guy, no good. Kravitoff coming in, no good. I can't believe I just saw the head coach of Michigan take a swing and an assistant coach of Wisconsin. I can't, I, I, uh, this is, by the way, this is a great panel. I mean, I'm not, Randolph looks 10 years younger than me, but I mean, I grew up idolizing the guy. The guy was a straight baller. Okay, but Fanta, you and I are actually a lot alike, uh, even though our, we have never met and our ages are very different. And you, you, you love basketball the way I love basketball. Matter of fact, I grew up loving the Big East in California because it was on at four o'clock in the afternoon. I come home and I flip it on and I'd watch the Big East games. And my mom's a Syracuse alum. My dad went to Syracuse for a year. We used to watch all the big and they used to recruit California guys for my dad's AU program. <laughs> So, I mean, I, I, I love college basketball. I can put yes. you chapter and verse of games that I watched and I've never seen anything like it. And wow. then what's amazing about social media is you have the excuse making. Well, we should no handshake. Why do we do a handshake lines? And, and like reputable people, um, Seth Greenberg, 
uh, I, I know that uh, Seth, uh, um, that, that Seth came out and said, why do we have handshakes? Seth Davis is like, away with handshake lines. Like, I look, the, you, you can't take a swing at another coach. And it wasn't like there was a melee. He got right. thrown into it. He was the one who started the melee by sending, slapping Crabbin Hall's face. There's the other layer to it, which, again, this is kind of like inside the Big Ten, where not only do people not like Juwan because he has a big, bold personality and he tries to not take shit from anybody or take anything from anybody. But then there's the Wisconsin where they're kind of viewed as like the St. Louis Cardinals where they they think they invented the game. Right. So there's like equal levels of arrogance going at it. But I, I just can't believe, men, that I saw the head coach of Michigan. Michigan. We're not talking about Eastern Michigan. We're not talking about Stephen F. Austin. We're not talking about any other podunk school. We're talking about Michigan. Then we're talking about Juwan Howard, one of the most respected men in basketball. Right? He's a guy like, dude, I love Juwan. I met him. I love Juwan. He just took a swing and spoke out of That really happened, not just in our lifetime, today on national TV. I am without, I, this is the first time, I'm kind of without words. Kind of without That's words. how I feel. <laughs> you know what? You know what my biggest issue with it is? Um, and, and the reason why I have a big problem with what Juwan Howard did is that he's not the one that's going to feel the brunt of the ramifications of this. Yes. He's going to get probably like a five game suspension, probably the rest of the regular season or whatever it is. Right. Like he's, he's going to have to, to face some kind of penalty for it. And honestly, I think Joe Krabenhoff should probably face some kind of suspension. You can't put your hands on uh, an opposing team. And I'm sure that he said something that, that kind of got that reaction. I think Greg guard, I don't think he was right for grabbing Juwan Howard. It was clear. Juwan Howard wants to walk by. If the man doesn't want to talk to you, he doesn't want to talk to you, but Juwan Howard, taking that swing right it set off that altercation where a wisconsin assistant gets pushed into terrence williams terrence williams falls into the crowd he's swinging at the guy because he thinks he got tackled jacoby neath from wisconsin comes over sees a player swinging at one of his assistant coaches he goes over there starts throwing punches of his own musa diabate turns around sees the wisconsin player punching his teammate and that's when he starts throwing the haymakers the wild ones and the musa diabate punches are the ones that really popped out because he's bigger than everybody and everybody could see it on national television he's going to get suspended this is going to be something that hangs with him i don't, I don't know how long he's going to be suspended for but i i would not be surprised if he didn't play again in the regular season as well you can't throw the punches that he threw and not have some kind of ramification for it. And that's going to hang with him. This is a kid that has a chance to be a first-round pick. And all of that happened because Jawan Howard was too immature to be able to not throw a punch and, or take a swing or whatever you want to call it, a swipe, a slap, whatever it is. He took a swing at another coach, and it resulted in his players having to face this kind of punishment. And it's going to be something that hangs with him. And let's call it what it is. That's a young black man that just threw a punch at somebody, right, on national television. There's things that come with that. There's ramifications that come with that. And it's not fair that Musa Diabate is going to have to deal with it because his reaction was protecting a teammate that was in a fight because Jawan Howard had to take a swing at a guy that wanted to, to, to get in his face. It's just Jawan has to be better than that. Every, there's a lot of people that are wrong. Jawan Howard did the one thing you cannot do. And his players that came to his program and trusted him are the ones that are going to have to pay for it. I, 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 it that, that's what fires me up about this. The kids are going to be we, the ones that, are, that get hurt. We agree. Say, Doug, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, like, there's, there's a couple different things that you dove into. Here's the first thing. Okay. Juwan Howard was a player for a long time. Okay. And Randolph played at the highest level. I did not, but I played overseas. And when you play in college and you play professionally, there's one rule in basketball. Don't throw punches. 
The only thing that gets you suspended, guarantee, is you cannot swing at somebody. If you swing at somebody, you sit, right? So, like, that that to me blows my mind that a guy that played that long and at that high level and that successfully would do that. The second part to it is there is the race element. But there's also the, thank God it happened in Wisconsin, right, where you have the, oh, geez, don't you know, God, they're throwing punches down there. It happens at the wrong joint. Because remember, they sell booze in college arenas now, right? It happens in the wrong joint. And that's not a place. And it happened on that side of the court. Some of these, some, some arenas are so tight where there's fans right there. Somebody gets pushed in the wrong person. And now you get a fan involved. And now you got a, a malice at the palace type of incident. We're, we're really fortunate that this is isolated. And, and I just, I, I, I think that the race thing is a factor. Because look, how would we view it? What if Greg Gard... God forbid, took a swing at Howard Isley. Like, let's just, you switch it around. Okay. Howard Isley comes in and Greg Gard's fired up. He's ticked off. And Juwan Howard comes over. Yo, man, hold up. Let me just apologize for something. And I don't want to talk. And all of a sudden they get into it. And Howard Isley comes over and he smacks Howard Isley. Greg Gard would have already been fired. I believe that. Already been fired. Juwan, I think part of it is the respect of the human being that he's been for 30 years. And the focus, I think he's probably earned it. And I also think that firing people for a one-off incident is kind of dumb. Uh, but I, I, I think there's all of these factors kind of, we all are alive to see the malice of the palace. We all know that we're at a time of, of uh, a bit of a reckoning for racial inequities of the past, right? Um, and, and you have prestigious programs that whether or not it's real or fake, they like to carry themselves as better than the big 10 likes to carry themselves as, Hey, we're better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. And this is not one of those incidents. And I agree with you, Rob, like you, I would, I would have a better time defending Juwan if he's protecting one of his players. I protect, but we him. don't know, but, but oh, before we said it, we, we don't know if he wasn't, or maybe he felt that he was by, by don't, by swing, by swinging at, uh, he, uh, he definitely, he was, yes, I, I felt, I thought he felt he was defending his players. And and now the thing I throw out is all of this, the gamemanship or, or everything that happened during the game. Like, I really don't want to hear all that. Like, like, like Coach Gar can talk all the crap. He, the game's over. Like, why are you calling timeouts, dude? The game, nobody cares. The walk-ons are going to try to get it and get right. a last second. If you get a turnover there, who gives a crap? Like, like, unless, you know, you're not gambling on a spread. You don't 14. care. You're up you're 14, 14 points. Like, cut the crap. Like, what's a turnover that you did? The game's I'm over. Telling you, I'm telling you, this is a Wisconsin thing. They're like, well, we were just trying to, like, dude. No, 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 no. That, that's a that's a, that's a cover-your-ass thing right now. Yeah. That That's justification oh, oh, yeah. right now. Like, now we're getting that. That's what no, that it is. No, it, it was a BS, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's Yeah, it's all bogus. The last two timeouts are completely unnecessary. And then even for to Juwan in Michigan, it's like, I don't want, you know, I don't even want to hear your basic defense is pressured. You play two, three zone most of the game anyway. Just go to the two, three zone and 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 fall back in your two, three zone. So from a basketball point from both schools, it's it's like I'm not buying any of that. Like, like stop it. it. The game was over. It's it's just all, all of it was petty, and that's ridiculous. And that's why I say it's a failure of leadership across the mm -hmm. board of men. Mm -hmm. Of men. That's the bottom yes. line. And then these kids have followed it and it escalated on something. It just had no business ever getting to this point for a game that was over. Yes. It was exactly. a double-digit game, and we're bringing this crap about 
you know, the timeouts and it makes them stop it, man. Like, come on. Uh, let me, let me, let me, let me, ask, let me ask the question. Fanta, I know you were fired up about this. I'm going to read something that just and a guy who I really, I know and respect. Okay. Mark Price just tweeted. Yeah. I've been saying this for a long time. It's time for the NCAA to get rid of post-game handshakes. The uh, Michigan Wisconsin incident today cements it for me. It's never been a good move. After a heated game to be close to an opponent, emotions are too fresh. The NBA figured this out a long time ago. Jamel Thomas, hey, five thirty to people who know remember him from Providence fame. He's been ta- he's been tweeting back and forth. But take note, Gottlieb show nothing biases or promoting ne- uh, neither coach. Talk solutions, not a man losing his job. Yeah. So my reaction to to that is this: I love Mark Price. I grew up a Cavaliers fan, and still am a Cavaliers fan. And Mark Price was before my time, but that doesn't mean I didn't watch Mark Price highlights growing up. I vehemently disagree with Mark Price. And I didn't play the game, didn't coach the game. But we talk about setting an example. We talk about being an adult. And an example was set today when the coaches went at each other. It carried down into the players. And that'll leave a mark on them. If you can't shake somebody's hand, You shouldn't be playing the game to begin with. This goes beyond basketball. This goes to setting an example, which at the core of it is what this whole college athletics landscape, some of it sounds corny, a lot of it people make fun of. At the end of the day, when you walk into those doors in the university, and Randolph and Doug, you know this, there are certain principles and values that go into that experience, whether you're there for one year or whether you're there for three or four, and you should come out of there a better man than you were when you walked in there. And in my opinion, shaking somebody's hand, the idea that that can't occur following a game when 99.9% of post-game handshakes go off without a hitch, the idea that one incident produces this kind of discourse from people who I respect in this industry is absolutely ridiculous and flat out wrong. Can I just make one more point before before we get to a break? Um, I, I've seen people calling for Jawan Howard to be fired, and I honestly don't <laughs> think that this is something where you should lose your job over it. I think that this is something where um, if you were looking for a reason to get rid of somebody, this would provide it for you, right? Like if you are, let's say Tom Crane did this in a post-game handshake line, right? It'd be very easy to just say, hey, you know what? Now we can fire him. His assistants apparently did. His assistants did. If if someone like Fred Hoiberg, who has not really gotten it going at Nebraska, did this, and you wanted to find a way to get this restarted and reignited, you'd you'd be able to get rid of him easily. I don't think this is something – I I think that if you're sitting here saying this is – Juwan Howard should be fired because of this. I think that that's probably going a little bit too far. I don't know if you guys agree. I think this is something that it it can be a fireable offense and you could fire somebody for a cause if you are a coach and you throw a punch. I don't think that this is something where we have to say he needs to be fired. He cannot coach another game. I think that's taking it a step too far. I don't think he's going to get fired. I don't think he should get fired um, because if you fire him, then that brings up what we talked about. Then then Creighton University with McDermott shouldn't, have, shouldn't be a head coach. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be a head coach. He should be fired. He, he, he not not so. And, and you talk about bogus because even the principle of that, you give an, you give him for his incident an indefinite suspension, which turns out to be one game. Now these are totally separate incidents, but 
when you're talking about from an, from an administration and you're supposed to be talking about leading kids and leadership issues again, it's the same thing. And so I'm sure Juwan will get more, more games than a, an indefinite one game suspension, but from an administrative, from, from an admit school's administration, they should be looked upon as the same thing. So if he gets one game, then you want to spend, suspend Juwan for a couple of games have at it. I don't know. I don't think anyone will argue that he, you know, it's the guy that threw the first punch and what, what turned out of it. This could have been really, really bad. It's going to have to set a precedent. As we talked about Doug, he's had several, several incidents. Um, and, and I think this will, you know, this will, this will be one and, where he'll get reprimanded in some kind of way. And, and honestly, everybody needs to have an example. set. I think Joe Krabenhoff probably needs to miss a game or two. Um, and I think some of the players need to miss a game. I just, I said it before. I hope that this doesn't become a thing where Musa Diabate is like done for the season. Like what happened with, uh, what was it? Silvio D'Souza that went in the yeah. crowd in the Kansas yeah. game. Like I, I just hope it's not to that level because to me, Musa Diabate stepping up and, and, and taking a couple swings because he sees a teammate getting punched is, is not a situation where you have to vilify the kid when he is following no. the footsteps of the person that's supposed to be his leader. No. That's just, no, I, I, I hope it doesn't hurt that kid. I, I, I'll say this to you guys. I reached out to Jacoby Neath. As many of you know, uh, Jacoby was at Wake and had a chance to obviously I know him well. And I reached out to him about the incident. And how do you not tell the kid he did? He said, Coach, I looked over there and I saw a couple of guys hitting my coach. So I went over there to defend him. Like, how can I tell him he's wrong? Correct. You know what I mean? Like, 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 I did. Yes, exactly what we teach kids. Like, your teammates down, you see a coach on the ground get hit. He's like, and my exact comment to him was, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. How many many of us, and I don't know if Randolph, you had the same thoughts, when the Clemson kid against Duke undercuts him. Like, dude, that that happens. And against Oklahoma State, somebody's getting punched. You know, it's going to... Is like that Hoosiers incident. Like you're going down. We want to fight Florida. Lead eight. Okay, they're dribbling out the clock. They dribbling out the clock, and one of Florida's bench players goes in and dunks it. Like we're about to shake hands. They're going to the final four. We feel terrible. Our six seniors graduate. And they go in and dunk it. We want to fight right then, right? So like that's it is that is what you're taught in terms of sticking together. I understand it. Let me first start with with what John said. I think it's insane to eliminate handshake lines because I, I actually think it's the opposite of what people are saying that because we've had these incidents, it makes it even more important. We know, I understand the emotions of it. That makes it even more important. I use this analogy. My, my son is 12 now and he's even lower. He used to he wrestled and I fell in love with wrestling because at the end of it, I'm talking like Greco Roman style, right? Like you see in the Olympics. <laughs> Not, not, not like The Rock. Not Undertaker. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. right. I'm just imagining Gottlieb dropping a raised, people's elbow on a three-year-old. Yes. <laughs> on Goodman. <laughs> on his own kids. Yes. Yeah. They, right. they raise the hand of the guy who won. Okay? And the other kid has to look over at him, shake his hand, and then go and shake the coach's hand and look, and look him in the eye. I, I coached a game today. Okay? My, my team lost. And I was upset. And, and I was upset just because we didn't. That guy's not playing hard. Little kid's not playing hard. And I almost, I, I was about to give my kid a whooping because he's not, like, I'm not really, but he's like, dad, can I go hang out at Mamba's house? Like, dude, we just got done playing. <laughs> go shake your hand and shake it and tell them good game. Cause they whooped you. Right. Cause that's what, that's what being, and I hate to be, I'm not trying to be male chauvinist pig. I'm just telling you what 
John McLeod taught me, Andy Ground, Tom McCluskey, who I played for in high school, taught me. What Eddie Sutton taught me is you, you look someone in the eye and you tell them good game. Okay. And, and you don't say anything. You don't talk trash. You don't say anything. You shake their hands and you tell them good game. And that's it. And that's all you got to do. Right? So this idea that because it's like, it's like the shoe bomber guy. And we still got to take off our shoes when 15 years ago, yeah. some idiot put, put, put some, we'll try to blow up a plane with a shoe. Like we're going to eliminate handshake lines because guys can't help. No, that makes it even more important to tell the players, this is what we do. You line up, you shake hands, you, you look someone in the eye and you say good game. And then you get your ass in the locker room and we'll figure out what we did wrong. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well said, well said. And, and by the way, and yes, Randolph shouldn't lose his job. Like no. well, this, this whole idea that guys make mistakes. Okay. Guy, it could have been worse. Thank God it was not. Yep. It's still ugly. Don't get me wrong. It's a mark that's going to chase him for a while. I don't know forever, but for a while, whatever. But like, let's let's be honest here. Like, a guy is he's a he he's the second highest paid member of that faculty. He's a highly paid guy. Okay, but the, so there's a huge responsibility. I do not believe he should lose his job. I do believe there yep. should be a lengthy suspension. It it won't make it wrong. It won't make right. I mean, what happened in Creighton is a joke. We, I think we all know that. Uh, but this is, it's about Michigan, nothing else. All right. We have got to break here on Sirius XM channel 84. It is field of 68 after dark up next. What went wrong in Doug Gottlieb's coaching game that led to a tough loss earlier today. <laughs> Plus we'll play the blind resume game. Who's going dancing and who's not. We put these guys to the test. It's better than any game show you've ever seen. This is the Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM Channel 84. You guys are clear? 90 seconds. We have questions. Right. Okay. What are, what are the questions in the chat right now? Because I have a feeling mm. that they're probably it, – It's. I don't know if I want to mm. go diving into the chat right now. There are tons, <laughs> uh, but, but here's what we do have. If Michigan loses Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams – for the remainder of the season, can Michigan make the tournament? Uh, yeah, they can. But if they lose those two for the remainder of the season, then it's they're not going ridiculous. To. Yeah, it's a ridiculous overreach. Well, they're not going to also because they're going to lose their coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Juwan going to be suspensions. Juwan needs to. Juwan needs to get hit the hardest. If Musa Diabate gets five games, that that is that's absurd. He should not get five yeah. games. He should get one. I can understand maybe two because he threw multiple punches. Right. For what it's worth, Michigan hosts Rutgers, Wednesday Rutgers team that's been playing good ball as of late, lost today, but still. Then Illinois, then Michigan State, all three home games. Excuse me. Then they host Iowa. They have four consecutive have straight, home, yeah, games. They have home games. All home games. Four home games and then at Ohio State. I mean, that's not, there's, there are worse paths in the Big Ten. 30. Here's the other question that we got. Lost in all this, Wisconsin's tied for first in the Big Ten with the easiest schedule left. Will they win the Big Ten? I think so. Yeah, there you Probably. go. I, I, I hate unbalanced schedule. I hate unbalanced yeah, I, I hate the unbalanced schedule. Ten seconds. Probably. All right. Biggest takeaways of the weekend out of this break. Robert, I'm going to lead off with you. All right. Deep into the night we go. It's Field of 68 After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84, John Fanta, Doug Gottlieb, Randolph Childress, RC is with us, and Rob Dalster 
with you until around midnight. I'm John Fante. It was a loaded weekend in college basketball. March is inching closer. So I begin with you, Robert. Your biggest takeaway from the weekend was? Kentucky. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. They, uh, they took the best punch that Alabama could throw at them. They didn't have their starting backcourt. They basically played five guys for the entire game and they beat a Nate Oates team that has proven the ability to get up and, and play with the best teams in college basketball this season. We saw what they did to Gonzaga. We saw what they did to a healthy Houston team. We saw them beat, uh, beat Baylor um, when Baylor was at 100%. So uh, to me, it's, it's Kentucky. That was uh, just such an unbelievably impressive performance down a couple of guys. Kelly Grady was unbelievable. He, he looked like Steph Curry out there. I think he was, what, seven for nine from three, 26 points. Uh, playing without your two starting point guards. I just can't I can't say enough about how impressive that performance was. I, I think, I don't know if you guys agree with me, I think at, if they're at 100%, they are the most dangerous team coming out of the SEC in the NCAA tournament. Hmm. Doug, you agree? I love Kentucky. Now, keep in mind, I saw them twice live fairly recently. A&M, where um, uh, the A&M led the whole game to last four minutes, but I, I really liked, even though Wheeler played poorly, he still made some plays and they essentially played without him because he was, they were trapping him on ball screens. And that was when I, I just, I love Ty Ty and that as a freshman, just the, the balance and, and the way in which he carries himself. I, I really, and then I saw him when they kicked the crap out of Kansas, like Kansas give me one seed and Kentucky's a two seed. Wait a second. I just saw them run them off the, they literally ran them off the court. Yeah. Ran, I, I never, I've never seen it. And yes, I've seen Kansas get beat at home. I think what last year, Texas, right, was bad. Okay, but that was a bad Kansas team. This is a good Kansas team. They got run off the floor because Wheeler pushes the ball, Grady shoots the ball, Oscar rebounds the ball, Ty Ty controls the whole thing. Like it's a it's a really good team. And John Calipari has done a great job of developing the role players into their roles. Um my, my takeaways is I have I have two. Sorry, I'm verbose. Okay. It is the is Auburn gonna just are they just going to give away a one seed here? They lost to Florida. Like just the uneven performances from Auburn, who I think is, has a chance to be a final four team. They got the mm -hmm. number one pick in the draft. I actually love those guards, but I hate those guards. They got their own <laughs> little kind of Andre Curbelo sort of thing going on. They got the best. But I want to, I want to ask you guys about that. Cause we got two point guards on this call right now. So I, I want to ask you guys about the, the guard situation at Auburn, because to me, that's, that that's a problem when you don't have guys that you can trust in a situation like that. Wendell Green's had a couple of last second possessions that have been uh, it, saying it nicely, not good. Uh, and those are the two losses that they've taken since that first loss to uh, who they lose to Fanta back in November, Auburn. The the Connecticut Huskies, Rob. Oh, Thank the Connecticut you for that Huskies. Moment. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was UConn. Okay. Yeah. Just, just hey, thank he you for had to get me. that in tonight. We knew <laughs> he was going to get that one. We knew that was had coming. UConn. <laughs> hey, Gottlieb oh. Show got love from Connecticut fans yesterday. He had the big tweet about UConn back in the Big East. You were right. You were right. Oh, they need to. They, I mean, you want to fix Pitt. You want to fix Syracuse. Very simple. Simple solution. Was, <laughs> Forget, I mean, you know, for the problem anyway, but UConn, the big East is awesome. Awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Anyway, Continue, Auburn's guards. How, how concerned are you about them? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm getting kind of worried. I'm concerned, RC. but we've always been concerned about them. Right. But we also got that same concern about Kentucky, Kentucky guards. I mean, if they don't get tie tie back, 
We talked about this. They're 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 right there. They're a Final Four team when healthy. They're a national championship team. I think we all agree. But if that backcourt and healthy, like you know, they're not going to win it. They had a great job, great win last night. That fits them. I mean, you know, they, they still got big Oscar Sheepway inside. I mean, there's no answer on Alabama's team to defend him and what the problems he creates. So I, I would I thought it was a gutsy win. I didn't expect them to win it without those guys. You know, great win. Um, I, I was I was more impressed with Texas Tech than I was uh, Kentucky over the weekend. I, yes. I, I was more impressed with that because you go on the road and get Baylor and then I mean you go beat Baylor at home and then go on the road and beat Texas. Like I, I was more impressed with that. You know, I thought Kentucky was at home. I wasn't surprised by the win. It was a great gutsy win, but Texas Tech was the team that impressed me the most this week. Yeah, they, they did a – it was like the Niners against the Rams in terms of the invasion, right? Yeah. The Texas Tech thing is amazing. It's really – they've they've used this – they've used the Chris Beard exodus to energize the program, and then Coach Adam, that defense is so good. I mean, they're so bought in, and they're they're old as hell. I mean, that's, I, you know, you got four dudes that are 23 or older starting that in their starting lineup, and they've completely bought in to his defensive rules to where, I mean, Texas just can't score against them. The only way they could score was by pressing them and trying to speed them up at the end of the game. They actually made it close before they, they missed two box outs. That, that was going to be my, my other one. Uh, my, my, my three big takeaways were Auburn. Let's start with the Auburn guards. The thing about Bruce Pearl is somehow it just works for him. I just – and I, I got a chance to coach them a little bit. And I, I've always been, because I was, I'm an Eddie Sutton and Bob Gottlieb disciple where like, you don't take those, those are bad shots, but go <laughs> watch his teams play. And it seems like it's a mess, right? The Hebrew term is balagan, right? It's crazy, but it somehow works. Like he's organized chaos. It is. He, but he, I think it, I think it's, and Randolph, you can understand this because I didn't have the conference you had. I also didn't have a game that you had. But he he doesn't he lets them play. Yep. And as much as you think, well, that's going to cause them in the tournament. What happens in the tournament is teams get tight. And because he lets them play, they don't get tight. And I think that's why he's had so much success in the tournament. So, Rob, to answer your question, is it worrisome? Hell, yeah. They take some shots you're like, oh, no, God. you have Jabari. Give him the ball. OK, plus he's not selfish. Like he'll pass. But somehow, Bruce, this is like his style. This is it works for him. So I'm a little less concerned than I would be for any other program. The right, Texas me, Tech thing. To, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me ask you this question then. Let's go rapid fire. RC, Doug, Rob. Mm -hmm. Rapid fire format. Who do you back more? Who do you back more? Auburn or Kentucky? Kentucky. Auburn. If healthy, Kentucky. If okay. not healthy, then it's it's Auburn. But I, if, well, if, I, mean, I mean, you I, don't have Ty Ty Washington. It's a completely different yeah. conversation. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm mean, assuming, look, that, Auburn, assuming that Kentucky, Kentucky is healthy. At Auburn, that's all you need to watch, mm -hmm. right? Kentucky mm -hmm. in control. Ty Ty gets hurt. Auburn wins the game. You know, so mm -hmm. uh, I like them both. Yeah. I like them both. I mean, look, I, yeah, I thought – Yeah, I, we, we talked before. We thought both of them were one seeds. If, if they finished out met in the championship game, we, we liked them both for, uh, for one seeds. Can, can we – They're so close. I, I would. I love it. Gods. I'm just going to yeah, send one yeah. up to the basketball gods right yeah. now. Okay? <laughs> what we need in the SEC title game, we yeah. need Auburn at full strength, yep. Kentucky at full strength, 
playing in a building that is half yeah. Auburn fans, yes. half Kentucky fans. One time. Can I get that and, one time? And the reason I tilted toward Auburn is that when a game will be contested at the level that both of these teams will play, who's the best player on the floor? Jabari. That's why I give it to him. I think he, and I, and I don't, I, he's the best player on the floor. Let me ask I you guys think, this. I think, think he is. You. I, I, I think he is. He, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't I, think, I, I think he's, I think he's going to be for the next 10 years. He's going to be, I, it's like Oscar is probably a second round pick. Yes. He might be a backup in the NBA. Okay. Yeah. But he is a grown ass man in college basketball. A grown ass mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's you're, what you're, I, 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 it's, he's it's a the, much richer one today after the NI, NIL deals that he got. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> he, got, he got himself a bag today. <laughs> Kentucky's like, I mean, now he does legally. This is amazing. This is incredible. Um, uh, so I, I'm going to disagree. I think Oscar okay. is 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 the best player on the on the floor in his role in a college. It's a just a different sport. Or you're you're playing one on one, but not playing one on one because Jabari does settle a lot. You know, he he'll settle for those threes and he'll get pushed off his spot. But here's here. We're bringing this into a discussion, which fans are you nicely teased in terms of in and out and one seeds. What are we doing with this math stuff? This I just I I love like Lenardi. I love and I've defended for years and I understand. Please, how please don't make lose. me talk about the math. Oh, oh, well, that's a great tease. Doug, like, that's a great tease because we have to break. The producers are, are in my ear. We've got to break. So. Coming up next, we'll welcome in Jeff Goodman for a segment on math. No, we will not do that. But we will talk some math here on Sirius XM Channel 84. This is the field of 68. It is 68 after dark. We are 90 seconds. I mean, okay, so we have uh, some comments here and some questions. Ooh, this is a good one from Brad. What rematch would you rather see in the conference tournament? This is a great question, Brad. Michigan, Wisconsin, or Auburn, Kentucky? (laughs) That is a great question, and I want Michigan, Wisconsin. Okay, I kind of want to see Michigan, Wisconsin because once once we get past all the discourse, I do think that having tensions bubble over a little bit is a good thing for the sport overall in the theater of it. Now we don't need, please no more punches being thrown. Okay. We don't need that, but I do think that having that little bit of edge and a little bit of rivalry isn't necessarily (laughs) a, uh, a bad thing. Long-term RC, where are you at? Auburn, Kentucky. After these suspensions coming out for these guys, they're going to be like in church. They won't say (laughs) (laughs) everybody be sitting there. (laughs) They want it. It'd be one clap. (laughs) From Greg Hopkins, Greg asks, Kofi Coburn versus Oscar Sheboy in a fight to 10 rebounds versus each other. Who wins the fight? Oscar. 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 Should Oscar be, because Doug, you're you're praising Oscar and rightly so. Yeah. National player of the year. Thought? I mean, he's a dominant player. And, you know, I mean, he completely, I mean, like, look, the way in which you have to defend him. Five seconds. on On the boards. You have to put two guys on. So, yes, he should be a candidate. I don't know if he should should win it. Field of 68. 
After Dark, Sirius XM, Channel 84. Folks, it's been a fun first half of the show. We got about 20 minutes left, and we have a big 20 minutes. Coming up in about eight minutes, we will play the blind resume game. Rob Dalster has his pencil sharpened. Doug Gottlieb is ready to roll. Randolph Childress is very good at this game and has already won this game. He took round one over Rob. So we're going to play the blind resume game in about eight minutes. What do you have? Pencil sharpener. I'm ready. <laughs> I, have, I, have my, uh, I have my, uh, my dry erase board ready. So I can yeah, do you, the, um... you better be ready. You better be ready. That's coming in eight minutes. Okay, so. Doug's doing some math over there already. Yeah, well, let's nope. do let's this do a little bit of math. We need to have right here. Yeah. <laughs> Doug, uh, for our radio audience, has written Goodman sucks. So, which I heard that all last week in Providence for about a half hour, and Jeff was <laughs> Jeff was a great sport as he usually is with the fans. Okay, so the NCAA selection committee releases their top sixteen: the four one seeds, Gonzaga, Auburn, Kansas, and Arizona. Your twos: Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue. Duke. That, there's your top eight. Uh, I'm not sure if it's within that top eight. I'm not sure if it's on the three or the four line. Out of all the things you saw in that top 16 reveal, Doug, what stood out to you the most? That Kansas is a one seed and Kentucky is a two seed. Like, what are we doing? Right, the math is supposed to help you determine who the better team is. Okay, because it's really hard to compare Gonzaga and their front-loaded schedule with teams in, in the traditional Power 5 leagues and their back-loaded schedule, right? It's really hard. So that's what the math is, is designed for. Right? But I don't need any math to tell me that Kentucky is better than Kansas. I saw them kick their ass. It was embarrassing. Bill had no answers for it. it was, and you could say it's a bad matchup, whatever. Um, and, and frankly, you know, it's like, also, what is your best? But, but the big thing is the, the four one seeds. Part of it is about earning it, right? There is a portion about earning it, but we're like, it's like we're blind to the, they were leading Auburn, Ty Ty gets hurt, right? So I, it's not that Auburn doesn't get credit for that win, but the loss, that's not a loss that should hurt Kentucky, right? The, the SEC is better than the Big 12. I, I think, I, I love the Big 12. Top to bottom, it's one of the, maybe the best uh, conference in the country in terms of top to bottom, but the top, it's not close to as good. I saw I saw Baylor get their ass whooped. I saw Kansas get their ass whooped. Those are the two best teams in the league. I don't need to see anymore. So I just, I don't understand why we have really smart people that they fall back on the math. Like, while the math tells us the Kansases, they're not better. We all, it was, it, and it wasn't in November. It wasn't in December. That game was in February. And Kentucky was far better. And I just use that as a, on the micro, the macro problem is we, we have a tendency to rely on the math so much. And especially in a year like this, yeah. where you've had COVID shutdowns, you have massive injuries. Like I'll give you a team. Florida state was winning the ACC. Okay. I called their game last night against Duke. They had zero of the five starters in that game. How do you evaluate Florida state? And maybe more importantly, how do you evaluate a win versus Florida state or a loss versus Florida state considering mm -hmm. who's on like the math is, is impossible. Just use your brain. Who's better Kansas, or Kentucky. Kentucky. Ask anybody. Randolph, coach, play. Who's better? Kentucky, right? So what yeah. are we doing? That's my question. Okay. Randolph? I, I, I was don't told have there wasn't going to be any math. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you, I don't have a rebuttal to that. I mean, he's right. 
I mean, I, I, I said it early. We were talking just a minute ago. I think Auburn and Kentucky should be one seeds. You know, I, I don't care what happens in the SEC championship. My eyes tell me they're two of the best when healthy four teams in the country. Here, here's here's the here's the telltale. So I've been obviously doing this, I think, longer than everybody else. Right. OK, so I'll never forget this. Uh, it must have been 2005. OK, I only know 2005. I, I don't have some savant like memory with the years and stuff because it was the first year of ESPNU. 030405 was the launch date. That's how I remember. And with, and Washington was a one seed. And I'm I'm from California. Okay, my brother and sister hold degrees from UCLA. My brother, up until the time he he, he left Oregon State, was the longest tenured assistant in the Pac-12. Okay, so I I love West Coast basketball, but I was like, why is Washington one seed? Like, well, the math, the math, the math. Everybody's shouting me down on the bracketology show after the brackets released. And you know what I said to them? It's the same thing I'll say to everybody now. It says, uh, you don't like Kansas. I love Kansas. Bill's a good friend of mine. Okay? But if Kansas and Kentucky are in the same bracket, who do you think is going to be in all these guys' brackets? And all of them that year had Washington losing in, like, the Sweet 16. Like, oh, I thought they were a one seed. Like, no, well, that's <laughs> the math tells you. what. No, four best teams in the country. Okay. Hey. Okay. So then let's see what the math tells us because we're going to play blind resume game after the break. But before we do, we're going to have an appetizer round. Right now, I'm not giving you their net. I'm not giving you the net rankings. I'm just going to give you <laughs> some numbers, okay? So team number one is 10-3 and three against quad one. They're 5-1 and one against quadrant two. They have a combined 15 quadrant one and two wins. They're 5-0 and oh against quad three. They're 2-0 and oh against quad four. Team number two is 6-5 and five against quadrant one. 4-0 against Quadrant 2, 4-0 against Quadrant 3, and 8-0 against Quadrant 4. Which team do you like more from a math standpoint? I'm going well, to say hidden. number two because I figured out what you're doing here, Finn. Yeah. I'm, too, I'm too smart <laughs> for you. Right. I figured out, figured out what <laughs> no, you're doing. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's the problem with Quad 1 and Quad 2. Where oh. they play? Home and road. Home and road. I mean, it's college basketball. Home and road is big. Time of year when the games were played to me is big. Of course. You know, I would, uh, based upon the math, team one. All right. Team so one. Team, team one was Kansas. Team two was Kentucky. All right. I got that one right then. All right. Look at me. There we Duster go. Duster gets a half point, Waddell. Give him a half point. <laughs> we're going to play blind resume game. Which bubble teams should be in right now? Which shouldn't be? We'll play the game, then we'll get some explanations. To close it down on this Sunday night, this is Field of 68 After Dark on Sirius XM, Channel 84. Clear, 90 seconds. Look, it was the point of the exercise. It's great. <laughs> I mean, there, and did, I'm did, it, did everybody else figure out what was going on there? I, I knew what was going on. And I just was like, all right, let me go along for the sake of it to say Q1. But <laughs> I knew when he come set on. us up, I was like, come on, man. It, it, Something fishy about this one. Okay, <laughs> I gotta get I gotta get the thought here, like before we come on, because Randolph, when we're on together, we have a lot of fun. And earlier this week, we talked about it, and Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated said North Carolina had a clean resume. Yes. Okay, well, that that went by the wayside. I'm telling you guys, I was at, I, I stopped at a bar with the lady yesterday, and North Carolina Virginia Tech is on. Mm-hmm. So I sit back, I watch the second half in its entirety. I don't think she was very happy with me during the second half of the game. That's neither here nor there. 
I wasn't happy. I needed to go in the bathroom when the game ended. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I watched the game. I just didn't think the quality of play was very good. Just, Why did you have to go to the bathroom though? Like what? He's like, they're, 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 like you had to bad. throw up or yeah, like yeah, yeah it yeah. was gross. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to use it because I drank too that, many Miller Lights. But, but yeah, still, like it was. You, you had seven beers. You just had to take a leak. That's all. It, it was. was just a confirmation to me, like that was a quad. Like this goes back to your point, Doug. That was a quad one win for UNC, and it's like I don't, you know, like I don't even know how I feel felt about it watching the game. Yeah, you know what else was a quad one win? Ten second. Me knocking what? out those two white claws I had a shotgun last night. <laughs> Oh, uh, here we go. After dark, the only time we can get away. Oh. It's that time. That's some good game show music from our producer. I'm getting on the old match game jacket here. Pocket Square is out. It is now time for another edition of the Field of 68 Blind resume game here on Sirius XM channel 84 field of 68 after dark. I'm your host, John Fanta. We have Doug Gottlieb, a new contestant to the show tonight. We have Randolph Childress returning jeopardy champion with a current bank of $2,000 owed to him by Rob Douster, who is our third <laughs> contestant trying, <laughs> trying to make, trying to make some back. You didn't get that in the disclaimer, Rob. Yeah, yeah, don't tell them. Don't I'm going to get some more of it. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here's how the game works. I give you guys a pair of resumes. You tell me which team you'll take, and then we'll get a piece of analysis on each. So I'm going to cue them up here with our first test. Get your pencils out. Here we go. Team number one has a net ranking of 29. Okay. Ken Palm, 32. Strength of schedule is a three. Strength of record, 41. Quad one, record, three and six. Quad two, record, four and three. Quad three, record, three and one. Quad four, record, four and oh. That is team number one. Here's team number two. Their net ranking is 34. Their Ken Palm ranking is 23. So they have a, a worse net rank than Team 1, but a better Ken Palm. Strength of schedule for Team number 2 is 99 versus 3. Strength of record is 53. Against Quadrant 1, they are also under 500 at 2 and 5. Against Quad 2, they are 3 and 1. Against Quad 3, they are 7 and 0. And against Quad 4, they are 5-0. and So they don't have a bad loss, but they played 12 combined games against Quadrant 3 and Quadrant 4. Doug, you have your head already up, not even thinking about it. Which one are you taking? Um, I'm going to take Team 2. Team 2. Team 2. I think the bad I'm, – I'm I don't get as infatuated with the great wins as I do the bad losses. So, And I also – I value Ken Palm – above that of net net has a tinge of rpi to me uh to it um and i also think that strength of schedule is a massively massively overrated and overstated it is the new rpi or the new sagarin if you will so i'm gonna go team two okay taking shots at sagarin wow 
Yeah, well, Sagan was always Sagan was like my day was back back page of the USA Today. We look at it like what? Huh? That doesn't make any sense. So you're taking team two, RC. Which team are you taking? I'm taking team one. I, I, where I disagree with you on team schedule is I, you can't schedule cupcakes non-conference and get 10 to 11 wins and then BS your way through your conference, so to speak, or try to play 500 in your conference and pat in your stats and then get a tournament bid. Okay. It, it, okay. I, I would, I'm going to guess here, not knowing the team, that their conference is the one that gives them all of those quad three and quad fours. That, that's, okay. that's the guess. All right, Rob. Uh, I I think I'm gonna go with quad one or on team one as well. Just the the more more quality wins, um, but I'm 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 guessing this is gonna be one of those situations where you completely change my mind as soon as you reveal who these teams are. So we have two votes for team one, one vote for team two. Team one is Michigan. Team two is San Diego State. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, Michigan beat San Diego State, so I feel good about that. That that passed feel really the, good about the, it. The, the, the Doug Gottlieb the standard. The Doug Gottlieb standard of okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it passed the eye test. All right. Here's the here's the here's the qualifier. When and where was that game played? That's not important. That's not Why important that right important? now. That's not important. Because you lost no, it. That's all. Yeah, because you because <laughs> no, because we I, I'm taking my victory. I'm taking my victory. It's not important. But we just used your analogy against you. That's all. We I, I can't. There's no rebuttal now. I, I agree, but, but remember, I did say, I did say in my Kentucky rant, the game was played in February. It's like Kansas beat Duke, the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, on math, that that looks that looks just the same as Kentucky beating Kansas in February. And we all know you're a completely different team in February than you are the first week. Doug. Of Doug, I'm sorry. Your time is up. Just like the time and location didn't matter earlier today when you were coaching, all, the time and location doesn't this, matter Phantom. now. Gottlieb is 0 for 1. That's a point to RC and Rob Douster. <laughs> all I'm going to say is this. You can't spell Gottlieb without L. Oh. <laughs> all right. Wow. We got to keep moving. We got to keep moving because we got five minutes. I want to get to these. Here we go. Pencils back. Blind resume game. Sirius XM Channel 84. You're with us here, folks. Five good minutes here. Get your pencils out. Don't drive off the side of the road. Team number one has a net ranking of 43. A Ken Palm ranking of 43. Strength of schedule, 40. Strength of record, 28. Quadrant one record, two and seven. Quadrant two record, three and oh. Quadrant three record, eight and oh. Quadrant four record, six and one. Hmm. Team number two. Team number two has a net ranking of 19. Kencom ranking 16. Strength of schedule, 46. Strength of record, 35. Guys, their quadrant one record is one and six. Quadrant two record, five and two. Five and two. Okay. Quad three record four and zero, oh. the quadrant four record versus that six and one is eight and zero. Oh. All right, all right, Randolph, who you taking, Randolph? Mm. Now Rob is holding up number two, so we know Rob has two. To keep it moving, here, I don't need ex- I don't need explanations. Randolph's two. taking two. Doug, I'm going to take one. 
Okay. Now, Waddell is definitely laughing. Our producer, Greg Waddell, is definitely laughing because we talked about this. So Doug is taking team one. Rob and Randolph are taking team two, which is amazing for a variety of reasons. Team one is North Carolina. <laughs> Gottlieb's <laughs> over two. Team two is team two is Iowa. Mm. Huge so win for huge win for Iowa this weekend. This past uh, <laughs> yesterday, right? Yesterday. Yeah. Ohio State, right? Yeah. There's, you, there's, you, there's a new rule in the NCAA tournament selection committee. I don't know if you guys know this. If you lose to Pitt, you cannot play in the tournament. So, <laughs> hey man, Pitt's playing, Pitt's playing good right now. Rolling right now. Do you think quickly yeah, here night. before we, that, before by the we way, get I to... had that, what was that line that I had? I had that line. I had that line uh, on the selection show, Rob. UCLA made the tournament or something. And I said, there's that, there's a rule. I can't remember the team I said. That's a great rule. When, when you play a really crummy team and you lose, right? That, that's, the, that's the quad four. That's the yeah, quad four. That's the, that's yeah. the quad four. We have 15 seconds to decide this question quickly. Rob, you're first. Will North Carolina make the tournament? Uh, only if they win at Duke. Which means? No. No. Are we all in that agreement? No, they'll get in. <laughs> oh, wow! And I and I'm and I and I don't think they deserve it. Let me be on record. They don't deserve it. But they'll get in. Wow. Because of North Carolina? This is for a greater discussion. Be, because is that then, a thing? Be, yes, yes, yes. Is that a thing, Gottlieb? I do believe it's a thing, and, and here's why, okay? Because all this math and all these numbers, we have all gone through the process. And at the end of the day, the process is you pick how you want to pick. <laughs> and it's really hard to sit there and see, see that Tar Heel, North Carolina, and not put them in and not give them the benefit of the doubt. Here's the, the, the qualifier to that is, I think the beating is going to be so bad at Duke that I don't think it's going to matter, right? I mean, Duke ran them off their own home floor. It's the last game. Duke has this weird schedule, too, where they don't play at home again until the 5th of, of, of March. So I do think that traditionally, yes, you look down. And remember, there's going to be some games in between now and then, but they get run off the court again by 30 by Duke. I, I think that would be one that would be hard for them to come back from, but you know, they got Louisville, NC State, Syracuse before that. They win three in a row. In, unless they get run off the court, that's that's a maybe. That's that, that's the only thing. But, God, I think you look down at Carolina and you're trying to judge, do I put North Carolina in or do I put San Diego State in or Boise State in? All those guys are going to pick Carolina. They're just going to. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for us here on SiriusXM Channel 84. What a night here. What an hour. Uh, we really – broke down the, the serious matter that happened in Madison to start off the show with Jawan Howard and the, and the Michigan-Wisconsin incident. Stay with us here. If you're on Sirius, come over to Twitter and YouTube at the Field of 68. Folks, we're three weeks away from Selection Sunday. It's the best time of year for Doug Gottlieb, Randolph Childress, Rob Dowster. I'm John Fanta. Good night and see you tomorrow. Lights flickering, hitting the right switches. I'm living this life different and missing the flight. I had a plan to change. You can't stand the rain. Little delay, but I came and you cool with it. All clear. My blind resume game sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you know what that was right there, RC? That was our victory music. No, hold on. Now, wait. <laughs> now, wait. So here's the thing. We're through two rounds. We saved. Waddell saved two rounds. Okay. So, Doug, here's the thing. Yeah. We, we did this last week. Like, 
Douster was able to answer RC and tie this up and force an if necessary. So if you how'd you tweet way, so fast? How'd you get the tweet in the link so fast? What are you talking about? I'm just sitting here like, wow. At our ch- ch- twenty two children just said he believed North Carolina, and then you got like the link up already. Like, how'd you do that? Did somebody do it for you? No, it's maneuverability. It's multi. It's being able. I was a left guard in high school. If you had to pull on a 26 counter, get your ass to the right side <laughs> and make the plot. I'm a multitasker too. Like I don't even pay attention. I'm doing the game. Stuff, but right. Right. Bad. No, look, you, you, we have to, this is the best time of year. You got to be versatile, which is what leads <laughs> us to. Doug just said, ahead. I don't pay attention when I'm doing the game. I'm doing the game. <laughs> I don't. I was doing the game yesterday and he's like, it's amazing. Well, I do what I don't like. I can do a bunch of things at once. <laughs> that's that's great. That, Goodman, that was really that if was Goodman, fast tweeting. It was, the you, link is what killed it. The link is what what surprised me, not the tweet. You like, and I both, you and I both know. All of us know right now that if you had said that and Goodman was on here, Goodman would go, "You're not the <laughs> only one not paying attention when the game's going on." <laughs> within a list of of his rankings. Okay, we have. Round three here, because I think that this is going to open up a fascinating discussion that we didn't get to on the show and they were on our list. And I, I do want to hear your, your updated thoughts. Here's team one, team one's resume. Okay. Net rank, net ranking is 42. Ken Palm is actually 33. Quadrant one record, three and two. Quadrant two record, Three and four. Quadrant three record is five and two. Quadrant four records, four and oh. So nothing that's a major blemish. Okay, that's team one. Team two's net is 31. So 11 spots better than team one. Team two's Ken Palm is 24. This is why we play, because you look at those numbers and you say, oh, I think they might both get in. Well, that's not how people have it. It's not how it looks. Quadrant one record is three and four. Quadrant two record is five and one. Here's where things get interesting. Their quadrant three record is four and one. So they have a quad three loss. The quad four record is eight and one. I know who this is. I've done three of their games because they t- they they have a terrible. They lost. They, oh, sorry. I won't say it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. All right. So, who are you voting for, Doug? <sighs> I mean, it, I I I feel like the quad one. I mean, team one is a high major school that's just okay, and quad two is a is a really good mid low major school. Um, that has a, like two bad losses. I, I'm a mid may. I, I'm gonna go team two. I'm gonna go team two. I think I'm I know go team two. I'm going team two as well. I think I know who it is too. Team two. Wow. All three of them said team two. Yep. Which is a precedent. That's a new example set in this game. Team number one is Memphis. Get them out of here. Good. We got that one right. See ya. Team Sorry, two, they're playing team... better though. Okay, so we're gonna get to I them. Got smoked. They lost by a hundred today. Hold on, we're oh, gonna get to wait, them. In well, a second. They lost it. My 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 sister was at the game, right? They played SMU today. Yeah, they lost yeah. by a thousand. Yeah, they got so, smoked. Yes. 
we're going to get to Memphis in a second because I want to dive in separately there. Team number two is San, is San Francisco. So you guys have the Don still dancing. Yeah, I mean, they Amen. lost to St. Mary's again. I did the game. They're up 23 to St. Mary's. But they lost to what? The bad losses are Portland, hmm. Portland and Nevada. Nevada? Yeah, the, I think, yeah. yeah. The, 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 Portland, the Portland one is uh, bad. ugly. But but real quick, before we get into Memphis, I got a question, Fanta. Oh, here we go. Go what's, ahead. Fire. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing no, is more nothing. important than peace of mind. That's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind when you are online. And with all of the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN that you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, the most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything that you do online stays secure. We all know, Doug, you need to make sure that the things that you do online stay secure. Plus, you can, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection. And plans start at just under $4 a month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code BLEAV to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plus one additional month that is Code B L E A V Fanta. Go ahead. So Memphis loses today at SMU 73 to 57. And it's in a loss like this that confirms what we discussed, Dowster, last week on the DTF podcast, which we've got tomorrow. And that is that I can't trust Memphis to ever say that there'll be a tournament team this year. But what's the reaction here as they lose this game? Where you sit? on Memphis and where you sit with the American tournament here looming and, and Houston, they've been a little bit all over the place and not the same team that they were like, what's the thought process with Memphis and how this is going to end? Cause it's been a, a dramatic show. How is this going to end for Memphis? It's not, not ended in the NCAA tournament. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I mean, I think they have to win the American automatic bid, which like they probably can do because Houston is not really all that scary and, and SMU in theory, they should be able to beat. but I just cannot shake the idea that they went on the road and they got smacked the way they got smacked tonight without in a game that they had to win. Like they, they know that they had to win this game. Right. And I get it. They just finished off like a, a really tough three game road stretch. They were at Houston, at Cincinnati, at SMU, which is probably what the three best teams in the American that aren't them maybe throw Wichita state in the mix, whatever. But when you already have losses to Georgia and losses to Ole Miss and losses to UCF and losses to East Carolina, like you got to get these, you have to get these wins. And they didn't get it. They got smacked instead. They're uh NIT. They're going to go back to back in the NIT. That's my hmm. prediction. I agree. I, I don't think they can come out of it. I mean, unless they come in and, and win the tournament, they got the talent to win it. But I don't think I don't see them just hitting that switch and, and start playing their best basketball. Now they they started playing a little better, but I, I just think they dug themselves in too big of a hole early on to come out of it. Do you think Penny stays? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, and go where? You mean like I, he just no no any any part of him that says I don't want to do this anymore? No. I think the Memphis job's all screwed up, but I also think he's kind of built for it. I, I just do. There's no, there's no one else out there now that can do it. I, I just, I don't believe there's anyone else. I mean, what John Calipari did was amazing, 
but there's no there's no Calipari who can come in and do what Cal did. And so the only guy that carries the type of respect to be able to commit to do that job is Penny Hardaway. I but why is it? But why is it screwed up? Why is the Memphis job screwed up? That, so the, that so, city's so, that so city's weird. My, so my place. It's, a, it's a weird weird job. Okay. So uh, my dad took a class from uh, Woody Hayes. And he says it was his favorite class at Ohio State. And his thing was he wouldn't take a kid from Columbus unless he knew he was going to be an all Big Ten player. Because what happens is if you have a kid, guy who's not as good as, as, as touted, but he's not from Columbus, he goes home and he MFs and Woody Hayes doesn't know what he's doing. You're fine. But when he poisons the well that you drink from, it's a mess. Memphis, Memphis basketball, there's a lot of talent there, but they're like, there's like factions. It's very, it, it's competitive for the hype. It's not necessarily as good or as ready-made for college basketball. And, you know, he played a lot of young guys as well. Um, so what happens is you, you like have to take Memphis guys when you're at Memphis, but you take Memphis guys, inevitably, there's going to be some guys that aren't as good as they would have thought. And everybody blames the coach, you know, and then they end up hating on other guys that are having success at Memphis. It is a, uh, it's a one year fall in Calipari, which I know he's several coaches removed, but it doesn't matter. That's all anybody remembers in that town. Right. And by the way, John Calipari, it took him like five years to get it going. Nobody remembers any of that. They just remember that they should have won a national championship. That's all they remember. Mm-hmm. So you're falling Calipari and it's Memphis. And by the way, that league is a mess. And again, like, in college basketball, what, what all these programs are doing, recruiting the top hundred kids is not, not it. You got to get old guys. You got to get those top hundred kids. What you, you should be better off doing is letting Memphis kids go elsewhere and then yeah. get, getting the ones you want on the bounce back. That's what you should he's do. Got, he's got to blend in some veteran super seniors and some veteran guys with the NBA talent. I mean, he's the one guy in the league that gets NBA talent. That's what separates him in that league. He can get an NBA guy a, a lottery pick to come and commit to that school, whereas that who else in that league can get a lottery pick? Yeah, it's and so if he he now he also has to this will be a big year because he also has to find some stability with his staff. That's been a revolving door for so many years. He has to find some stability with his staff and get older, but continue to recruit because he can. He's the one person in that league that can get players that no one else in that league can. Yeah, the and, other and, thing and I would say one- about it. I'm sorry, sorry, Rob. He's the one guy who can withstand the bullets from the media mm-hmm. and from the locals, right? Like he's the guy because he is that well respected. He's one of them. Yeah. 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 And the, the, the one thing I would say is to your point, RC, when Memphis went on their run, it happened to coincide with the, uh, the guy with the most hype no longer playing in the games. Yep. Sure. And I don't think that that's, that's something that is, uh, what do we call that? The stick man in the room. It was. It wasn't the elephant in the room. It was a stick man. <laughs> no, it's the. It, it's called addition. It's my favorite kind of math: addition by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. I'll tell by you the this. way, Doug. I, I'll, I'll, I don't. I don't know what's going on over over in the Gottlieb household, but I got a text that said Doug Gottlieb ate an incredible amount of food on After Dark tonight. So <laughs> we we made homemade pizzas, and I hadn't eaten all day. I got up at at four this morning, East Coast time to try and get back to coach these games. And I missed one because we were sitting on the runway at LAX. And then I, I mean, I had a cup of coffee. I think I had something else to snack on like a one, one strip of Cane's chicken and a, and an Arnold Palmer. 
And then I just, I, I ate some, I ate two slices of homemade pizza faster than any human being. Maybe less Rick, the late Rick Majerus. Rick Majerus put out a large pizza. This is like, ask John Anderson from ESPN. Rick Majerus could throw down a large pizza faster than um, uh, Joey Chestnut. I, I honestly believe that. Joey Chestnut should be thankful he never competed against the late, great Rick Majerus. Okay. I, I think, by the way, Memphis pizza. can make it. I think they can make it if they win out. That's Temple, Wichita at home, South Florida. That's a dub on the road. And then they sweep Houston. Yeah, but, okay. And then they get to the American finals. They okay? can't, can't have a bad loss in the, in the American tournament. But yeah, Correct. you know what? You're probably you might be you're probably right about that. Because then they win right. something like 18 of the last 20 games, and that's you, you know, this is this is a, a common mistake that lots of people make. Now, I'm not saying you guys, lots of people make is they look at today and they're like, well, they're out, and that means they're out, or they're in, and that means they're in. I I never forget, like Seth Greenberg will never uh let me live it down, or actually I shouldn't let him live it down. I remember when you're the upset Duke, and everyone's like, Oh, my job, oh, put him in, put him in. I was like, this, I came back to me in the studio, I was like. Listen, you play Boston College next, okay? Or you play Wake Forest. I think it was Boston College. Can't lose Boston College because this it it and it nullifies that win against yeah. Duke at home. And so, so many teams think they're in, and then you look at schedules and you don't have bad losses. I think Memphis would be okay because everybody else, everybody's going to lose at least one, if not two, games between now and Selection Sunday because if they don't lose a game in the conference tournament. You know, they're going to the tournament anyway. So all those teams that are competing against for at-large spots will have at least one, likely two losses. If they don't have any losses except for one in the conference tournament finals, I, I think it's a pretty strong statement, and I think they can say, hey, we figured it out, we're going to get in. Well, and here's the other thing, and I, I think that this is a, an interesting question that people wonder about come Selection Sunday. And I talked with committee chair from a couple years back, Bruce Rasmussen, former AD at, at Creighton, and said – What's happening in the room on Thursday, 72 hours before you finalize things and make it public? And the answer that I that I got that was indicating to me is conference tournaments don't matter as much as the country thinks that they do in terms of the field of 68 that we're selecting. How do you feel about that? How much does the conference tournament if you're a six seed and you play in a quarterfinal game on a neutral floor and you lose the game, are you now a seven or an eight? I don't think it matters in the seeding, but I think for those bubble teams that you need one, like one win, like you just want to see them, like just, it helps you with your vote. Again, that's like the whole process thing is you have the math, but at the end of the day, you have teams to pick from and you pick like five teams, right? Like you got to pick five of these teams, whatever to get in. Cause the, 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 the bracketing, that's a, that's a completely different challenge. Um, at the end, those those last couple teams, you know, you see them win a game on a Wednesday against a like talented uh, same conference team. They played three times that has similar numbers, whatever. And it just helps you. It, it becomes confirmation bias. And similarly, if you lose a game or you lose a game badly and you just look like you're done, I think they hold it against you. I do. I understand that. The outcome, and I think that's silly, by the way, as well, where it's like, this happens in the Big Ten all the time. Like, what was the point of winning the Big Ten tournament? If it didn't help us in our seed, that's dumb. Um, but I think it just, in terms of teams that get in and teams that don't get in, I think it becomes confirmation bias. It's just a little nudge in the right direction, even if numerically, mathematically, it doesn't help you that much. Randolph, you look like you were about to say something. 
No, I, I think you have to take the whole totality of body of work. I mean, you know, because a lot of team times you approach the tournament as a last chance of desperation to get a win or to, or to say if, if you don't have a shot, hey, we can make a run. And it always happens when a team like Georgetown last year, they weren't making the tournament, then they go on a run right. and win a Big East and they go in and they end up taking someone's slot. So um, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters and you got to take it in consideration. So we had some epic chat comments tonight and questions, but I'm going to give you guys some one that, I think is just the most fun. <laughs> so there's an account that that claims this is their name. Mm-hmm. Ken Palm is a fraud. <laughs> That's oh, the username. So it's, so it's a Providence fan. Rob. <laughs> he specifically addressed it to Rob. Golly. He goes, Rob, thoughts on Providence today without Durham. Now, when they were down 19, Ken Palm is a fraud was out probably walking his dog. Instead here, Providence wins 71 to 70 at Butler. They're mm-hmm. 22 and three, and they stay in the, at the top of the big East at 12 and two in the conference. So Rob, your, your thoughts on Providence. The, the, that was the most Providence game in the history of Providence basketball. <laughs> they got the, they were down by 19 <laughs> on the road to a Butler team. That's not very good. And they find found a way to come back to win. It's the most Providence thing I've ever seen in my life. Like that is what they do. They play like crap for 30 minutes and they find a way to win the game. And I, I, that's, that's a dangerous way to live. It might get them a big East regular season title. If you could pick off Villanova in the title game. And by the way, that guy that that's trolling me right now, yeah. Ken Palm is a fraud. He's going to be rooting for my Huskies on Tuesday night. Just as, just as loud as I, hey, can I, 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 can I call that. out Providence? Yes, please, please, please. Of course call you can. You, you, you can talk please however you want to. However, want to talk. The stage is yours. Here's Doug Gottlieb on the Providence Friars. Okay. Uh, on one hand, uh, I mean, they have one of the most likable men leading their program ever. I mean, he's since his days at Fairfield, or you can go back to the Boston College days. I mean, he's awesome. But like, talk to anybody in that league, and they'll tell you, wait. They UConn doesn't have an elite center when they play them and they don't have to play the rematch against them. Like the games that they missed was at Creighton at Seton hall and UConn at the dunk. Right. And so I just, I, I, I can love their record and I can love their story and I can love their coach and tell you like they're a good team. Hey, but I also just saw Villanova come in and beat him in their house and, and, and Butler lead him by 19 and Butler just got run off the floor at St. John's granted. You didn't have, I think your third leading scorer and you did have him today and, and you're playing at home. I, I understand, but please don't try and convince me you're an elite team. And that all the, everyone's telling you like, you're good. You're just not great. No, 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 you don't get it. No, we do get it. We've seen who you fortunately got to avoid. Um, and again, I'm, I, I side more with Ken Palm's numbers. I put them more in the, what were they having? I thought CBS had them in the four line was the five. Line. Yeah. Four line and top 16 reveal. Yeah. Here's the biggest thing. If you're a Providence, here's the biggest thing. If you're a Providence fan, like, why do you care what we think of that team? Like, why does it bother you so much that we're the like, team hey, cares. You know, they're not that good, but they're still winning. Here's like, the thing. Good, Here's the thing. Good. Fans, fans should care. Fans of Providence should care for the good. As much as that fire is there, I can tell you guys right now. And Rob, we've discussed this a number of times. Teams utilize this stuff. I mean, yeah, Ed Cooley sure. is. It, you you said it, Doug. Doug, I know you're shaking, but 
Ed has had honest discussions with Goodman, with me, with others about this after games. Like, keep calling us lucky. Keep calling us fortunate. And my team feeds off of that. And at the end of the day, look, if they played those three games, and let's say they lost those three games, let's just say that they lose those three games. We'd be talking about still a, a 22 and six Providence team and a 12 good and team. five team in league play. It's a good team. Right. Well, they probably, they probably win one out of three. Maybe, you know, maybe yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? No, they beat UConn at home. 100%. They beat UConn at home. <laughs> Even with still the, playing? They, they'd win by 25. I, but no, I no, also think Doug, he does this with you. Yeah, he's, 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 trying he's, to, he's trying to say that to make himself feel better. Right. Uh, but Rand- about you, Randolph, you, Randolph, you've had thoughts on Providence. Mm-hmm. So, Randolph Childress, buy, sell. Where do you fall on Providence? I, I, I'm i buying them. I, I, I don't think anyone – we're not putting them in a the category of a Gonzaga or, or, or Kansas or one of those teams. But they're a good team. They got balance. They got depth. They got closers. Now, they just can't have anybody not show up. They're not good enough to 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 not have guys show up, but they have one despite a guy's not playing well, and, and so they just show so much character. And the biggest thing is they freaking defend. So you always got a shot when you defend. It, it, I I like them. I just like what they're made of. I I think that's just that they're they're suit they're they're old. They just got a good formula, and they got closers. You know, they're going between Durham and Bynum. They got guys that can that can close games and. You know, in, in the stretch of where we're questioning so many of these elite teams, I mean, the most dangerous thing, we say this all the time, who has point guard play when it's time to finish? Who, how many of these teams have closers? And those are major mm-hmm. things that you're going to need to win the title. We did this about the, 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 the with Duke. Duke's going to be nothing less than a two seed. And, we're, and the biggest advantage, concern we have about them is point guard how play. do they close point games guards. and point guard play? I, 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 watched, I watched them last night, and, and for 18 minutes, they struggled with Florida State's backups. Right. And Spiro Adidas was, he's like, what, what don't you like about Duke? I was like, well, they don't have a point guard. He goes, yeah, they have, no, they have guys that bring the ball to the court. That's not a, that's, that's not a point guard. And if you look at every national championship team that they've had, they've had an elite level point guard. They've had some steady, steady PG play. And 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 whatever reason, they don't trust Jeremy Rose. They don't trust him for whatever reason. They don't trust him. No, they don't at all. I mean, Wendell Moore's more their, their point guard or they'll give the ball to Paolo. You know, with, mm-hmm. with the with the game online, like mm-hmm. they did against against Wake, but I I would agree. Um, I think that's my question because I like that team, um, but but I I question their guard play, and everything tells me that. I mean, how long have we watched the NCAA tournament? Guard play wins in the NCAA tournament every single year, right? Every year. So uh, I I but and then go back to your point. Providence does have that. Yep. My my issue is. I love the moxie. And I do think that winning is important, right? Winners win. They find a way. This team finds a way to win games. And I love the constant motivation that Ed uses with them. It kind of, it fits Providence as a town. It fits, right. you know, like, right. Ingo. Oh, big right? time. That crowd it just, is it really, the whole thing just all works together. Nobody likes us. Nobody respects us. They don't know. Like, yeah, we do. The Dunkin' Donuts Center has always been a place where ranked teams go to die. Always. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of all come together this year. But I do think that once you get to the top end, right? Like you run up, if they're a four seed and they run up on Kentucky, like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that one. I, I, I like think every, you know I think the, anybody in the Big East, though, I think you can take, you can trade anybody for that matter in, in the Big East this year. And I think they run up against any of those teams. I think they're going home. Yeah, but here's 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 the biggest thing for Providence fans. 
This is quite literally the most memorable season that your program has had since what, 1987, when they made that final four, they've never won a big East regular season title before you are winning all of these games in thrilling fashion. Like this should be the most unbelievable ride. And you're here all upset because Ken Palm doesn't have you in the top 45. Like who, who fucking cares? It's because of you, man. It's because of you and that UConn talk, man. It's you. They just, you got them rattled, man. <laughs> I said, I said on one show after I might've had a beer or two, I said that someone was like, who's the best team in the biggest? I was like, oh, of course it's UConn. Very much playing up a bit. And these, these like, I still get people taking screenshots of that and sending it's, it back to me. And I'm like, what? they won't let you I'm live a, it down. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to tell you right a now. UConn fan. What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> what, what do you think my answer is going to end up being? Right. I'm going to tell you right six now. Year, I was six years old. I was watching UConn games, right? My first sports memory, right? My first real sports memory is Ray Allen hitting that floater in the lane where he probably traveled, where it bounced off the front of the rim, hit the backboard and went in and they beat Allen Iverson. And then Jordan Jerome Williams missed like seven layups the other end, right? That's my Here's first I've been a I've been a UConn fan since I was in diapers. And how old were you when that you, game happened? How old were you I, was, that game happened? I was I was 11. Yeah, no, I was, fresh, 10. I was 10. I was 10. I was in college. We, yeah. we took UConn kicked our ass so bad at stores. It was, it was, and Calhoun was pressing up 25 <laughs> and, and, and McLeod, McLeod was there, was there, was it, was there a fight at the end of the game? I, no, the say, the the McLeod, I was going to say, nobody was doing that to Calhoun. No fights at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. If yeah. there had been a fight at the end of that game, they would have fought and they would have, and then the sun would have rose the next day. Cause back then that <laughs> happened. That kind of crap happened. Oh, you know, well, sun, I mean, you played Georgetown. If you played Georgetown, and I don't know, Randolph, you played them. We played them that we played them that year. If you played Georgetown, the first time down the court, when you're on offense, you'd pass the ball. They would all go and just hammer you across the chest. And they call foul. And then they would just kind of stand over you. And their whole thing was like, there was five fouls committed. You only can call one. Yeah. We let you know you're playing Georgetown. But let's go play. And they had... They had crazy ass Victor Page and Bubba Chuck, and they had Othella Harrington and Junkyard Dog and Jahidi White. It was like nightmare fuel that you get dunked down by Jahidi White. They had Bubakar Al, who's like the most ridiculously good defender, and they played so hard, and we almost beat them playing a two three zone. It was it was kind of fun, and then they smacked us at the capstone. Hey, before we go to four cheers, there is nothing that I would like to see more. And no, this is not hyperbole. Conference tournament week. Conference tournament week. Please, please, basketball gods. Okay. Give us UConn Providence Friday night MSG Big East like semifinals. Wait, fun, wait, well, wait, wait, give me this. The semifinals have to be what? Uh, Seton Hall, Nova. Nope. Well, well so, so if Villanova ends up – if, if they end up winning out, this is where this would happen because UConn's likely going to be the three. Then you'd have Villanova as the one and Marquette as the four. Marquette beats Villanova twice in the regular season. I don't think they beat him again. And the other game, the other semifinal game would be UConn-Providence. That is the most likely. Of no, no, I, I understand I'm, that you're, you're, you guys are mistaken. I'm not saying what likely to happen. I'm saying for the best garden night, right? Like, okay, so I'll, I'll give you an example. Okay, in Kansas City at the Big 12 tournament, okay? You want Iowa State there because they travel and it's crazy, right? You want Iowa State. You want Kansas. I think this year you probably want Tech. 
I, I'd love to see Tech Texas one more time, just just because, oh, right? Oh yeah, it, please. Yeah. Yes, please. I mean, like, can we get please, that? Basketball gods, give me that yeah, one again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but traditionally, traditionally, you would want like when I played, you'd want Missouri and Kansas and Case uh, and Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Like that would be the, that's the best right? in terms of the environment. The environment's awesome. Right now, as it's currently comprised comprised at, at the Big East, it'd be the best night would be. Sure. UConn, Providence, Seton Hall, and, and I know my probably well, it's not going to happen. Seton Hall and Villanova, right? I mean, that would be that would be amazing. All old school Big East. I would say I would actually vote just for the sake of the hysteria of it. I actually would say St. John's instead of Seton Hall, just because St. John's fans would take over the Garden. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Well, it, no, it's St. John's. They, no, they would. First of all, they wouldn't take over the Garden. All right, that's UConn's third home gym. All right, All right. Let's they get to- they <laughs> it's it's Syracuse's second home, Jim. Right, and Jim will Dude, tell Jim. you that. Okay, no, so we no 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 no. When they played those neutral site games at the start of the year, he got like, "What? We gotta get on a plane to go there? Why? <laughs> we're not on serious anymore, right? Mm-hmm. We're, no, we're no, no, we're not. Because you have to. If you're doing a Jim Beheim impression, there has to be an F word in every sentence, right? What the fuck? Like, it's we gotta get on a fucking plane. It's not a fucking home game. What are you talking about? Why are you killing us on TV? It's a fucking neutral site game. Like, Jim, I've been to the arena. Everybody wears orange. What are you talking about? They travel well. All right, let's do four cheers here since there's four of us. Randolph, who are you cheering? You know what? We talked about it. I'm going to cheer Eric Cooley, you know, coming back from from 19 down today. Got to win. You know, that's – they could ill afford to do that, knowing they got Villanova again for the that'll all come down to marbles. I think they want to go into that game with rematch on their mind. So Ed Cooley and the Providence Friars. All right, cheers. Rob. Cheers. I I am I'm sending my cheers out to the Creighton Blue Jays, who I think are one of the low-key most dangerous teams uh in college basketball that nobody is talking about. They are now 10 and 5 in the Big East. They blended some big wins. They can really put up some points. Uh Ryan Hawkins uh underrated. They got the big fella, the Kalkbrenner kid inside. Yep. Um Nemhard, the point guard, is a stud. Uh and they can defend. That's yeah. a different different thing than than uh Creighton teams in the past. So uh Creighton, they're going to pull off an upset. I don't know what their season is going to end up being, but they're going to win a first-round game in the NCAA tournament. That's my hot take. So cheers to the Creighton Blue Jays and the uh, Ryan Cubed, right? Ryan Cubed. Yeah, well, Ryan uh, – yeah, Ryan Cubed. Ryan Hawkins is just a winner. And I, I'll give you a quick note on Creighton because they are going to be mine and we'll double up. Creighton has won 10 or more conference games in 23 of the last 26 years. And they finished 500 or better in, in a league. And it was a different league before then. But in 26 of the last 27 years, they've had an above 500 season in their league. They, they just win. And in the new Big East, they've been a really good ad in that they get to the NCAA tournament. They're so young this year after Hawkins. And they're going to potentially go to the NCAA tournament. They were picked eighth in their league. They have exceeded their league preseason standing in the Big East every single year. They've exceeded it. That's, that, that's, not, that's not that's not the craziest thing about Creighton. The craziest thing about Creighton is they had Ty Ty Washington, and oh yeah, by the way, they lost their center from last year too. Who I I think made kind of the classic and transferring mistake, right? And in going to a program which is a maybe bigger, more prestigious program, but one that doesn't fit his game better. But that that to me is the, the you know is the story for Christian Bishop. Like Bishop in their program was perfect. All he had to do was roll the basket, catch and finish. Right. Yep. He was amazing. 
Now yeah. in Texas, he has to kind of play basketball. Not and he doesn't really fit. Th- think about Creighton. If they have Christian Bishop and Ty Ty Washington. Right? Top 15 team. Top 15? Top 10 team. Maybe top five team. Like wow. Ty Ty right. Washington is ridiculous. And put him in that, I would say, lesser caliber. We would all agree a little, slightly lesser caliber league in the Big East. And then Christian Bishop gives them something that they just haven't been able to replace. Yeah, imagine okay, Ryan Nemhard and Ty Ty Washington in a backcourt. Yeah. Not bad. Who are you Pretty toasting? Good. Who are you toasting, Golly? Um, I, I'm going to I'm gonna toast somebody a little bit different than, than you boys. Uh, I'm going to toast Arizona. Um, they just keep winning. Just keep stacking, stacking dubs. And I like the way they play, right? Like, you talked about being sick to your stomach watching North Carolina and Virginia Tech. Like, we're all, I think, huge we're all huge uh, basketball and college basketball yes. fans like arizona's fun to watch you know they get up and down they're fun they share the ball they defend enough like they, they're they're fun i just tommy's really impressed me i was i was disappointed that they didn't hire uh miles simon or damon stoudemire and keeping the program especially they like to call themselves a players program but but tommy's so far exceeded anyone's reasonable expectations for year one and, he, and he's handled he's purported himself very very well and I'm going to cheer the city that hosted All-Star Weekend, but their team, their team, because, yeah, Cleveland did a great job hosting All-Star Weekend, but I'm going to cheers the Cleveland State University Vikings who clinched the one seed in the Horizon League tournament today and at least a share of that league title. Dennis Gates is just getting started on his career. He is going upwards. He's going to get a big-time job at some point in this sport. And today I cheers Trey Gamillion, 27 points in a win over Green Bay. Green Bay uh, has had a rough year. Doesn't matter. The point is, Cleveland State, if you walked around the Wolstein Center and you walked around that campus, you would know why it's not easy to win at Cleveland State University. I do not care that they're in the Horizon League. And Dennis Gates took that job. I remember, he, I remember when he got hired. He got hired in June because the Cleveland State job the opening came late. Like it, that, that all came about late. Well, they it had, all, they had, they had three the transfer ups, right? You couldn't get anybody who was good, but transfer out and play up. Right. All D Gates has Brent done Forbes. is, yeah, Brent Forbes. All he's done is win and Cleveland state keeps winning and they may very well get back to the NCAA tournament again. And I, I just think he's done an exceptional job. Uh, Leonard Hamilton disciple. He's done a great job. So I'm going to cheer he's, he's, he's amazing. Does he get, does he get the Georgia job? Who, who? I'm telling you, Oof. I think he's going to get a job here this off season. I don't know if they'll give him that big of a jump though. Why? He's Cleveland off. state to Georgia. I'm not saying he's not worthy of it. I think he's, I think he's big time. I I, I just don't. I mean, I think who gets Georgia. Louisville. I mean, I, I know we're going to do, we'll do the jobs thing. I mean, Louisville's already that. open. Yeah. Maryland. Yeah. That's for another show. We're back on at 11 yeah, p.m. We got to worry about the fi- yeah. who gets fired. After the I, I got wait. Hold on. Hold on. Can I? Can, I know you guys got. We got to wrap. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about Go this. Ahead. Go ahead. This I, I I it's surprising the whole Juwan thing, right? In, yeah. If you're going to rank Big Ten coaches, most likely to punch another Big Ten coach. <laughs> I think I think we all know who would, who would have won the pool. Who would have won the pool? I just want to know your guys' top. Top three in what order? Before today, entering today, what you, who you would say? Before today, hold on. Let me bring up the Big Ten. 
Yeah, now I got to bring up the Big Ten. Okay. <laughs> well, Fran McCaffrey would have been number one, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, he would have punched. Thought. Yeah. yeah, Fran McCaffrey would have been number one. You guys know my Franny story? Him. Yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Notre Dame's first ever win in the Big East. <laughs> wow. Okay, starting point guard. We beat St. John's in the garden. Okay, this is St. John's had Zen and Hamilton and Felipe Lopez. And I mean, they had talent and they were shit they were shit and they were getting booed or whatever. And we come back to the locker room and the late great Regis Philbin's in there. He's like, no today, the energy. It's amazing. We're back. <laughs> right. And we're like, yeah. So towards the end of the game, they went to a one, three, one. And I, I was really good against presses and pressures, uh, but I'm a freshman and I like dribble to the sideline where you're not supposed to go. And I, kind of throw a pass, like cross court to Ryan Hoover, fly over for three, but I step out of bounds. And, you know, I forget the official. Touched, you know, they do that arrogant thing where they touch the line and then they point the other direction. And McLeod takes me out of the game because you know, I missed a defense assignment. Anyway, so I actually played really well, but I had a bad finish to the game. We end up uh, winning the game. And my dad was at the game. He's a New Yorker, but he's in from California. And he's like on my ass about the turnovers at the end of the game. And Franny comes in and my dad and him are about to, they're really good friends. And they're about to fight in the hallway of Madison square garden. They're like literally squaring off, you know, and, and this is where it kind of does come back full circle to the Michigan thing where Franny was just protecting me as his player. And my dad's like, you know, I'm his dad and I'm a coach and I'm going to tell him what the fuck I want to tell him. Anyway, it was friends, definitely a number one, although he would never hurt a fly, but coming into the day, if you would have asked any, I would have gone Fran one, I would have gone Brad two, and I would have gone probably Juwan three in the most likely to 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 come close to throwing blows to another coach. That would be my rankings. Fran Underwood, you gotta watch, man. Underwood's a strong dude, tough dude, K-State dude. I think he I think he would do quite well, especially a couple Bud Lights in him at a, you know, at a, at a bar. Yeah, I, sure. I, that, that would be a, <laughs> Brad Underwood's a tough I could, dude. I can tell you who would never throw. Like, I, I think Steve Peichel is incapable of doing it. He might be the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah, they have, not, there's, 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 there's several nice guys there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, fun show. And we talked Gottlieb's Pizza Kitchen. Regis Philbin <laughs> made it on this show. In all seriousness, though, uh, thanks to Greg Waddell, our producer, and thanks to you guys because – we opened up on a topic that's not easy to, to discuss. And uh, I know here as the, the host of this show is really powerful stuff. And it, it's Rob, like we, we've gone to 1237. I, I do think that this needs to get brought up by you because you, you were the one who started this organization. Like there's not anything like this in college basketball. People needed a place to, to talk further about this tonight to this degree. That's college hoop centric. And I think it bears knowing like uh, a story like this is unfortunate. It is. This is, this is why we do after dark. This is why we do this stuff in this content. Yeah. I, I mean, the biggest thing is that college basketball is a platform where you're only going to have people uh, on the absolute national level on the biggest platforms talking about it when something like this happens. Right. And it's nice to be able to provide a place for people to come and hear opinions on it from people that know what they're talking about that are around the sport. Uh, all the time that dedicate their lives to covering, being involved in coaching, playing, whatever with the sport. So I'm glad that we're able to provide a place where we can uh, 
put a little nuance on a conversation where it's going to be very difficult to find nuance. Uh, you certainly can't find nuance on this if you look anywhere on social media right now. So I'm glad. Plus, I, I, I think this will be on debate shows tomorrow. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh but it will. And it's, completely, it's completely. I think the biggest thing is, though, we're completely unbiased about it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I mean, I, we're, we're, I, there's I would, no I agenda. In, 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 I, mean, I mean, there's you can't get a better, more well-rounded opinion than yours having been on so many different sides of it. Right. Right. Like, Oh, playing, and, and, and no, I told those guys, I, it's, it's, you're all over the place. Right. Like, like I've thought about this so much and I'll say this and you guys know this, like you don't even walk down the line and shake hands until your head coach goes. It's like, there's so many things that's wrong hmm. with that situation today. You usually do not, you never walk above your head coach and, and shake hands. Yeah. It's like so so that was another one of those things that just it just happens. And so there's this is just a ton of it's a ton of emotion and so many opinions. And then to hear some of the people, I, I think, just be so reckless with their 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 tweets and their commentary was yep. it, it made me but, angry but, and it almost made me kind of come into a, a defense of something that I felt was wrong. Yes. And 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 it was like, wait a minute. So it gave me time to process all of that. And that's why even when we first started for a beginning, I was kind of like, man, let me, because I didn't want to go at those guys and just make it something that, you know, off the subject of what we were talking about. No, I, I think I think you bring up a great point. It's like, I think all of us think that the, that all these sides need to have some level of discipline given, but like the harshness of critique and also the harshness of desire, like people want people fired. And like, do you understand? I don't think, I, I think somebody with a phone in their hands, they don't understand what that actually means. You know? right. No, you're talking about like, like a, a quick incident and a bad decision and like families get moved. Every one of those kids transfers. Like it's a, like it's it a was nightmare. just it was a really bad moment. Okay. And there's, there can be a lot of good that comes out of it. I would only, I would say that I was, I was disappointed really in both of the men you yes. you ran off you you mentioned it you nailed it up at the, the top where you're like hey it's a failure in leadership you know what neither of them said at the end of it hey you know what i'm really sorry that that happened i'm really sorry yeah. that it happened right because yeah. even greg he had his he had his his you know burr up because he knew he was more in the right or he felt like he was more in the right than Jawan was but hey greg like at some point just go you know what like i'm he was talking about it being overshadowed. That's not the right line. Just say, I'm really, really sorry that that happened. And if I had any part in it, I just, in touching Juwan, he mis, mis, misinterpreted what I was trying to tell him. I apologize. I'm sorry. I just, it's a bad mark on the sport. Not, neither of them said that. And they had time between when they got done and caught their breath and then when they met with the media. That may be the biggest failure because the other stuff is emotion and an instant reaction. And those are mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But you had time to think about what you're going to say. And neither guy, neither guy wanted to show weakness. And neither of them were willing to say like, hey, I was wrong. He might have been wrong too, but I was wrong and I'm sorry. Neither of them said. Mm -hmm. We are back in about 23 hours with another Field of 68 after dark for Rob, for Doug. For Randolph, JF saying good night, everybody, and we will talk to you tomorrow night here on The Field. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 